0: Welcome to the B-Ball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about why the Heat are built for the playoffs. So, I've gotten really excited about the Heat in the last couple weeks. I uh, watched a few of their games, then went into the database, dug into the stats, and uh, then watched some tape. And I really like how the roster is constructed. I feel like uh, Pat Riley did a really good job of Assembling, well, one, you need a lot of talent, and then two, uh, talent in the right ways, uh, and also filling roles in the right ways. So, like, you look at someone, I've used the Lakers a ton this season as an example, but, like, that's a team that, like, didn't fill roles super well, right? Like, you have uh, overlapping skill sets in a bad way, and then you have, uh, like, super glaring weaknesses. Uh, so, let's just run through the heat, you know, really quick. Uh, Kind of brief overview, like the offseason moves, they re-signed Duncan Robinson, they got Kyle Lowry, and they uh, brought back Victor Oladipo. Uh, I think those are three really important things because it gave the team so much depth. Like, they went to the finals two years ago, and they were definitely playing above their head on that run. And then, it was one of those things where, like, they, they weren't better than the Lakers that year, but they had two of their three best players hurt in the finals, so it was kind of just Jimmy Butler... Uh, alone and obviously they get beat and uh they weren't like ready yet like their timeline wasn't ready because bam was still really young hero was a rookie and now we're two years later and uh part of that depth now is they they go five deep of like what i would just call in my head like b a and b level players so you're not you're well above average so You have Jimmy Butler. Obviously, he is a very good player. He's a top 15 player who's been knocking on the door of top 10. He's had two really good seasons, three ever since he's been to Miami. He's been like a really good player. He's upped his playmaking every single year in our database. And then going back to like 2014 to where he's like a pretty high-level playmaker now. You know, he can score. He's a very good defender. Uh, provides a lot of versatility honestly on both ends of the court for his one weakness really is that he doesn't shoot threes but everything else he does really well so you got jimmy butler you have kyle lowry you got duncan robinson tyler hero and bam so that's kind of the the five guys that are i think needle movers on the team and like it's kind of the first thing you say is like most teams don't have five needle movers so uh let's get into it lowry i feel like was a really good acquisition right He's 35. He is older. He is, you know, starting to decline. You know, if you look at kind of his stats across the board, you can see like there's just less of an impact starting with LeBron, which is just our overall impact. And then you can get into things like uh, his playmaking, while still very good. Like if you watch him, it's like the vision's obviously very good. It's still there. He can make a lot of passes. But the passing creation quality, which is one of our stats, Um, is definitely down, noticeably down. And I think part of that is he does have less to do on this team, which is good. You know, he's kind of slotted into... He's that perfect, like, aging veteran who still has a skill set but isn't asked to do everything every night because this team is uh, loaded with so much talent. But he still has the ability in spurts to play really well. Um, But there's just things that are obvious, like him, you know... Creating for his team, having the defense collapse to him, and then creating really great shots. I mean, it still does happen. It's just not happening as much as it was, and that's why the that passing. You can look at that. That passing quality uh, creation is, is down. Um, but I love him in that role, and you can see like his scoring is down. I think he's at like twelve or thirteen points a game this year, and he's been you know around eighteen or twenty for, for the last like ten years. Uh, is what it seems like. And, uh, some of that's age, but then some of that's just being on a team of like, there's only so many points to score, right? Um, Duncan Robinson is that perfect piece is like a, you know, a wing floor stretcher who is really elite where it's, it's not just like stationary shooters standing in the corner. Like the PJ Tucker is like, Hey, you can stand in the corner and shoot threes. And this year he's, he's doing it at a good clip. Like Duncan, you can run like multiple plays through like he gets hot and you can run three or four plays for him um, where the offense is obviously trying to get him the ball. He can be moving around screens, taking honestly really heavily contested threes. I know he started out the year in a little bit of a shooting slump, but, um, you know, he's been better as the season has gone. And in the playoffs, I'm not worried about it. I think the last two years he showed um, that he has that like just hyper elite top 10, top 15 three point shooter where. You, you can't really shut him down for multiple games uh Tyler Hero I think is the perfect six man on this team he has that x factor he you know in a playoff series is probably going to have one big game who could have three big games um I think what <laughs> this is an interesting I was actually talking about Hero with a friend the other day and he is 87th percentile in offensive LeBron so really high very good and he is 11th percentile in defensive LeBron, which is very bad. So the problem is, is it brings his overall LeBron down super low because you're like, I don't understand, like this guy should be higher. You see just like, you see the bounce he has. You see the array of shots he puts up. He is a really good three-point shooter. Um, he is just like definitely has that like juice and spark on offense. And you're like, okay, this guy should be really high in the LeBron rankings. And then defenses, it's, it's so much harder to see. Uh, but when you're in the 11th percentile in D. LeBron, I mean, that, that's that's quite bad. You look at him, he's not a particularly big person. Like, I think a guy like Duncan Robinson benefits from just being tall and being long. I know he's not asked to do a ton on defense, but I think part of that, like, just size is so important in basketball. And Hero, uh, definitely on the smaller side. So that hurts. And then, um, you know, using a lot of his gas tank up on offense. And then I think it just, I I think we want to do this thing where we say, you know, like, defense is just all about effort. Um, and, and that it does matter, right? It, it does matter, you know, the team you're on, it matters the role you're being used in, like those things do matter. But at a certain point, like there is defensive instincts. They're like, is the ability to utilize your tools. So it's not like, just do you have a long wingspan? It's like, do you use it well? Like, do you understand the benefits of that? Like sort of like a, uh, a soccer goalie. Cuts off angles like can you do that in your head and then do it on the court in real time very fast in the NBA and uh, I think there's just people that are better at that than others but like (laughs) that's a long explanation so I feel like we don't talk about things like that but uh, I think hero is really good in that six man role Um, he provides that extra uh, you know kind of scoring spark off the bench I know he he plays a lot of minutes, so he plays like around 30 minutes a game. So he's out there a lot. But it's just interesting when you have, uh, you know, we talked about Jimmy Butler, and you have Kyle Lowry, you have Duncan, you have Hero. And then lastly, we're going to talk about Bam. That's five players that like could, any of those five players could score 20 points in a game, 25 points in a game really, and it's like, wouldn't it's, it's not really a surprise. And when you have that much versatility, I feel like it's harder to, I mean, it's harder to game plan against you in the playoffs, um, but then it's just it's just a lot of teams don't have that much depth. And it's not just like, hey, can you score a lot of points? It's like Jimmy Butler is one of the best wing defenders of the last decade. Kyle Lowry is, <laughs> I, I've heard him described as, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. They described him as the little thing's king. I think it was Ben Taylor who said that. And that's actually really changed how I look at at Lowry because a lot of times when I'm looking at a player play, I'm like, okay, what are like the insane strengths that this player has, and then like how how is it complemented by like their their other skills? And I feel like with Kyle Lowry, he's like one of those players that's just like. Um, good at most things. Like the, the thing you want to say is like, well he's just good at basketball. But that it's such a poor descriptor. But it is one of those things where it's like, well, like you know, he handles the ball pretty well. I feel like he does a good job not throwing the ball away a lot. Like he can uh facilitate the offense. Like that's one of the things that kind of pops into my mind with him. It's like he just makes the right play a high percentage of the time. And that's that's one of those things where like as a kid someone would say that and i was like i don't really like what does that mean but like he just kind of moves the ball to where it's supposed to go or like oh this is like the weak spot in the defense that someone has moved to or someone has cut to uh and the ball just kind of goes there every time and there's something about that um high success rate um of not making mistakes that is valuable and just doing like the right play most of the time. The thing that like kind of comes to mind is when a quarterback, you know, they always say like taking what the offense gives you where it's like, yeah, no, I know like Peyton Manning is amazing. And you know, Tom Brady, cause like, yeah, they'll throw a ball at the seam or they'll throw a deep ball or they'll, you know, off their back foot while getting hit, they'll still complete that third nine third down. But it's that thing of like, yeah, on, on, First and 10, it's like, yeah, there's a five-yard underneath route, which we don't ever think of and we don't remember, but, like, they hit it and they see it all the time. And that's kind of what Kyle Lowry, uh, my favorite strength of of him definitely watching the tape where it was like, oh, he's just passing the ball to the person he's supposed to every time. And, like, it sounds so dumb, but it is valuable when you do it every single time. When it's like you don't throw away the ball ever on first and 10, you always get three or four or five yards even when it's not exactly what you wanted, is valuable. Um, I okay, so Bam is the person I spent the most time on. I went into the uh to the uh to the tape and into the data, and it's like, okay, this is year five for BAM. He's versatile on offense and defense. So we start on the offensive side. Um, he is one of those players that can do a lot of things. So he has a good mid-range game. He can catch it from the elbow, he can pass pretty well, uh, he can shoot from there. He is uh, in that second tier in our playmaking uh, among centers, so there's there's Joker who's just number one off by himself in outer space, and then there's like three or four guys after that that are good passers for centers, and then there's kind of everybody else, and he's right there, and I and I think any of these years he could you know make the leap to kind of being in his own one B tier underneath Joker because he he does have good instincts and he sees things. Uh, i've seen him make quite a few um passes to people cutting on the baseline bounce passes to them that I was really impressed with uh his shot fakes sometimes like there was there was one play uh I saw where it was me and Evan Mobley really bit on a shot fake and I think there's something to be said of like uh sometimes they talk about when you see a comedian when you see him live uh you know there's so much, there's a lot of energy and it's it's you know really fun you're laughing really hard but there's something about uh, when you're watching it on TV, a lot of that gets lost. So those really, really high-end comedians that can make people laugh out loud sitting on their couch. It there's something there that's just like another gear. And uh I feel like when someone gets you on a shot fake when you're like sitting re- reclined at your desk watching just play after play after play, it it it, it is like does does make you see something. Uh, Another good indicator, his free throw rate has increased every year he's been in the league. He's a shade under six free throws a game, which is pretty strong. Um, And then defense, Bam is super switchable. Um, I watched a lot of his plays in isolation. He's pretty comfortable out on the three-point line. I think that's going to come and be really valuable come playoff time. And uh, in pick and roll, he is uh, really strong at... (laughs) I got to come up with a better word for it, but just standing in the right place. So it'll be drop coverage, right? So he'll just kind of be floating backwards in between, you know, there's the roll man on one side of him going towards the basket and then kind of keeping the ball handler in front of him and then, you know, popping out to contest. But you can't go too far towards the ball handler or give it the lob. Uh, so it's it's kind of that uh, cat and mouse game as the big in, in pick and roll and drop that can sometimes be a little tricky. Uh, I think Bam is held back a little bit by his size. So he's only 6'9". And uh, you can see he moves well, and he is athletic. And I think it's sort of a trade-off, right? Like if you're seven two, seven three, you're probably not going to have the lateral quickness. And then Bam's a little bit smaller for a center, so he is good out on the perimeter. He doesn't have the elite rim protector numbers, and really any of our metrics. He's not he's not bad at them, but he's just not on that super high end level. He's good from a defensive impact standpoint on our D Lebron. Um, But, you know, I kind of want to just get into what exactly he does well. And uh, standing in the right place in basketball all the time is a really, really strong skill on defense. Um, And he does that. It's kind of like the Kyle Lowry thing where it's like he always puts the ball in the right spot on the court. This podcast has (laughs) really making me think I am not as good at describing things as I thought I was (laughs) because Lowry and Bam, when you just see people just execute correctly over and over again, um, I think you just have to, well, I think one, you have to give them credit. That's a basketball IQ thing, right? Like I know at a certain point, like, you know, you have instincts and things like that, but some of that like is training your instincts to always be on and always be in the right place. Um, I think some of that credit you can give to coaching where it's like, okay, Spolstra's like got these guys humming, Playing good defense as a team, Uh, the roster is constructed well, where it's like, all right, you have your star in Jimmy Butler. He is, you know, top 15 player. He can score. He can make some plays. He's a good defender. You have kind of the crafty veteran in Lowry as your point guard, who is still a good defensive player. I think that's the one fear you have, right? Where it's like, okay, he's 35. Um, He's our point of attack guy. So we have our defensive roles at Basketball Index. Point of attack is basically guarding the primary initiator of the offense. Lowry's doing that. He's doing a good job, right? Good defensive impact. You have Duncan, who's like your floor spacer, basically. But he's like the most elite version of that three-point specialist. You have Tyler Hero coming off the bench. He's your X-factor. He can go off for 30 points in a game. He can carry a team for a quarter if the offense is stifling. It's like, all right, give it to Tyler Hero and get out of the way. See what he can make happen. It's like, is is he the most efficient player on offense? No, but that's what happens when it's self-generated points at that volume. It's its pretty hard to be like 5% above, above league average when you're doing that. like Basically nobody does that except like the top like six, seven players in the league. And then you have Bam, who's kind of the, the anchor on defense. He is their best defensive player. And then on offense provides a lot of versatility. So what I like about this team is like you can see where it's like, okay, they, they have everything you kind of want when you're building a team where it's like you got the star, um you have three point shooting you have offense uh in just a singular player that can just kind of make things happen bam you can give it to him and he can you know score in the post and he can hit his you know elbow jumper but he can also create so it's like you have so many things where it's like when you're this deep you can have a lot of things go wrong and still win right like Kyle Lowry can be non-existent in the game it's not a big deal Jimmy Butler can have an off night and you know the slack is picked up by other players And I just, I'm really excited about this team. And they got solid role players. I like Deadman's energy, his tenacity. He's a very passionate person. Comes in as the backup big, mixes it up with people. P.J. Tucker is there for his defense. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he has impacted defenses positively. He shot the three well this year. So that's really all, that's all he does. That's all you want from him. And he's excelling at the two things that you have him do. Uh, Caleb Martin has been a solid three and D guy off the bench. Uh, Victor Oladipo, who we didn't even talk about, I thought he was a really good uh, kind of signing, bringing him back as an X factor. of Like if you get nothing from Oladipo this year, because, you know, doesn't come back from the injury, doesn't have the same pop athletically, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's not a big deal because he's the ninth guy we're talking about on this podcast. But, uh, you know, to keep from repeating myself, I just really like how this heat team is built. I feel like uh, all of the roles that you want in terms of like, star versatility this team can do different things like they basically can go into the game with like okay we got three or four options and like the beauty of that is like if one of the options doesn't work we can still win like Luca's amazing but the mavericks are they don't have enough talent and they're so built around him where it's like Luca doesn't really get shut down because he's such a good player but like Luca has to play extremely well for like two and a half months for them to make the finals which I know he can but like if Luca isn't you know dropping 35 uh, 35 point triple double you know game after game after game in the playoffs it's like I don't know is Dorian Finney-Smith going to beat us like maybe I'll take my odds with that but like you go to the third fourth guy on the heat and it's like I don't know Duncan Robinson can hit like eight threes in a game you know Tyler Hero can score 30 points Bam can have you know 25, 15, and five blocks, like there's just so many ways that this team can beat you, and the versatility and the depth is just so great. And then also, I, I just think everyone's you know approaching their prime, where it's like Bam's in year five, he's about at the you know, the beginning of his prime. Jimmy Butler's probably on the back end of his prime. Lowry's a little past it, and then Hero's you know blossoming into. It. I think he's in year three. He's a, so you have a good you know you have some young guys. You have some older guys. Like you have a good mix of everything you have here. You have some role players, and I don't know. I'm just really excited about what this Heat team can do. I think two years ago was a little early for them. Uh, everyone kind of grew up a little bit, matured a little bit physically, their game, everything. And then you add Lowry. Just it seems like the right move. So. Um, eventually, I talked about it on the last episode, eventually I'm going to talk about the Grizzlies on this podcast. However, uh, when you get in the rabbit hole in the Basketball Index database and you start looking at players, a lot of the times you get caught up because someone else is popping up and then you go down and then you you watch. I think I watched a Heat-Cleveland game. I don't know. Maybe that was last week or maybe like 10 days ago. Really great game. And I just kind of saw the difference between where it was like, I like Cleveland. I think Cleveland's a good team. They're a really strong defensive team. But the Heat also are too, and I kind of saw those things get matched. And then on offense, it was like, okay, there's Garland, who's making a ton happen. But after him, things really fell off pretty significantly on offense for the Cavs. And they do have a couple injuries, but it was noticeable. And with Miami, it was just like, man, like there were three or four passes into this possession on offense for Miami. And one, they're good passes. They're getting good looks, like they're having the defense rotate. And it was it was just really impressive to see the depth versus, I think, like a pretty quality, hard-nosed team in the Cavs. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the B-Ball Index podcast. And uh, stay tuned for the heat in the playoffs because they're built for it.